the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K, presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. Well, we are going to talk about the Broncos offense. Who's the one player that uh, really needs to shine for the Broncos to be successful on offense? Or maybe there's multiple names. We're going to talk about that today on the podcast. But first, our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap. 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Chef Andrea Varela in that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Be sure to go on over there to, uh, well, our friends over there at Tap 14. Tap 14 on the web. That's tap14.com. Tap14.com. And then, of course, as always, uh, you can go on over to milehighsports.com and check out all the great info over there at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com on the Broncos. So on the program previously, we discussed the Broncos' defense. Chris Harris Jr. is back and how this defense, I actually think the defense is going to be very, very good particularly with Vic Fangio pulling all the, the strings. I love the safeties. The secondary is beefed up. They've got great pass rushers. I think there is a formula here for defense that could be very, very good. But let's talk about the offense, because this has been the weakness ever since the end of the Peyton Manning era. Who is the one player in your mind that needs to have the big year for this Broncos offense to excel? And I'm going to disinclude... Joe Flacco in this argument because it's pretty obvious, right? If Joe Flacco has a huge year, the Broncos offense will go. That's low-hanging fruit. I don't want to take that. I want to be a little bit more deeper in analysis on this decision. So who's the one guy who needs to step up and become this big-time player? And I fell to two options, two names that I think could be major difference makers on this team. The first one is new tight end Noah Fant, or third wide receiver Deshaun Hamilton. And the reason why I go with those two, and I'll start with Noah Fant, is if Noah Fant has a big year where Noah Fant is catching 900 yards, 1,000 yards, 60 passes, 7, 8 touchdowns, that means Joe Flacco had a big-time year as well, too. And that means he added a dimension that this Broncos offense have never, never seen. And that is a tight end that has been extremely effective. They haven't seen that since Julius Thomas. And quite frankly, outside of the Peyton Manning era, they haven't seen that since Shannon Sharp. Tony Scheffler, Nate Jackson, they were nice tight ends. They weren't impact big-type tight ends. And Noah Fant could be that first tight end since Shannon Sharp to, to seriously, outside of the Peyton Manning area, be a viable weapon for them. And if he adds that element, this is now an offense that all of a sudden is coming at you with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Is coming at you on the edges with Emmanuel Sanders, which I'm just going to assume he's going to be healthy because that's what happened last year, and he is a hard worker, man. Emmanuel Sanders grinds like nobody, and he is on. he looks like, at least via the videos that he's shared on social media, that he is on schedule. We all expect, I believe, Cortland Sutton to kind of take that next step. He has shown flashes of it. Nothing says against that. So Noah Fant could bring that dynamic, that 
Denver has been looking for for so many years from the tight end position. But my other name that I'm looking at is Deshaun Hamilton. And the reason I select Deshaun Hamilton is because of the fact that, look, if this is a Denver team with three solid weapons at wide receiver, three solid weapons, they could be a scary, scary team. And if he if he plays well as a third option to Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders, who we know they're the Broncos are going to get some production out of Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders. Deshaun Hamilton seemed like last year was very much more of a learning year, kind of getting the feet settled. They probably didn't use him as much as they could have, but if they get a good year from Deshaun Hamilton, a 60 reception, 800-900 yard season with a couple touchdowns thrown in, that's huge. Huge for this team because now all of a sudden you're looking at this team being this aerial dynamic team that that may be able to run with some of these other teams. Because you got to admit, Emmanuel's going to be somewhere near the 1,000-yard mark. you got to think Cortland Sutton's going to be somewhere near the 1,000-yard mark. You get six, 800 yards out of, Cortland, uh, out, of, out of Deshaun Hamilton, that just adds this, this... And I think maybe you could combine it into one when it comes to Noah Fant and Deshaun Hamilton, is I just want to see a third receiving option blossom in some way, shape, or form, whether it be Deshaun Hamilton, Noah Fant. I, my book is not out on... I'm not I'm not sold on Jake Butt, but I'm not selling Jake Butt either. I still think he could be an impact player. There's probably not another wide receiver option that's going to really raise to the stakes, although we'll see. So I think there's a lot of potential with the Broncos. Uh, special guest on the program. Logan, Logan, do you have a name that is standing out to you when it comes to uh, one person on offense? It could be anybody, anybody outside of Joe Flacco. Uh, absolutely. I think uh, there was two myself that I thought of, but okay. the one that I specifically landed on, and it was to me, it was a no-brainer. It's got to be Philip Lindsay, mm. and for obvious reasons. Number one, we saw how well he blossomed into the NFL last year. I mean, he was undrafted. Uh, and even the first game against Seattle, you see him score a touchdown. It just was a pure fit for him to be on this Denver Broncos roster. Well, and they need to have a run game, too. Oh, absolutely. It's crucial. And I think where you saw towards the end of the season, everything was kind of starting to come into it where teams were just keying in on him. So, obviously, he didn't have a great finish and obviously got dinged up to end the season last year. But we're talking about a 1,000-yard rusher here. And he really was just somebody who really gave the Broncos another dynamic. He can run, and he can also catch out of the backfield as well. So I think that it is imperative that Philip Lindsay has a great season. He continues to strive for it. I mean, I think the 1,000 yards is reasonable for him to achieve once oh, absolutely. more. Absolutely. And, and look, we're going to assume that he comes back healthy. Uh, assuming, yeah. This is massive assumptions here. But I just think that this is also another thing, too. You have to find this fine balance, okay? Because it wasn't there last year with Case Keenum at quarterback. No. So if Joe Flacco can take care of passing the football and run the passing game, let the running backs, i.e. Philip Lindsay, take care of the running game. you got to have that fine balance right there. So you need Philip Lindsay to complement the passing game once more this year, and I really think he can do it. Well, I, and, and the big thing, I think, too, with Philip Lindsay is you need as a team a second dimension. The I think in today's NFL, assuming that it's not a super lopsided, you know, New York Giants situation where it's Saquon Barkley and Eli Manning, generally your first dimension is throwing the football. 
Like that that's what you have to be in the NFL. You you can't not have at least mediocre play and have success. So but the problem is is that when you are one dimensional and you don't have a running game, you know, Philip Lindsay is not effective or Royce Freeman is not effective, all of a sudden you're looking at this team like, okay, well, I, I don't even need to put guys in the box. Like I, we're just gonna have maybe a linebacker or two in the box because we know they can't run the football. And we're just going to, maybe we'll even throw an extra defensive back out there. You know, and this is where kind of the hybrid guys like Suwa Cravens come into play where, you know, the guy who can cover the run, but more so also the pass as well too. And then then you just, when you, we know when NFL teams get one-dimensional, bad things happen. Bad things happen. Unless you're talking about a franchise quarterback like, like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady who's just pulling things out of their you-know-what, it's, it's not a successful way. To play in the NFL on offense, so I agree with you, Logan. I think Philip Lindsay is a big one. Royce Freeman as well, too. Maybe, maybe we characterize it as a whole as a run game, you know. And you know, look, I think this Denver Broncos offense is going to start and stop as Joe Flacco goes. You know, that's 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 the reality. As we say on this program all the time, if you have a franchise quarterback, you are relevant. If you don't, you aren't. You are nothing without a franchise quarterback or at least a quarterback that is playing well. But if they can get mediocre play out of Joe Flacco, which has basically been his career, he's had a couple good moments, and then he had one postseason where he was incredible. They can have a mediocre Joe Flacco with a dynamite run game and a dynamite defense. That is a recipe to win. That is a recipe to win. I'm telling you, this Broncos team is going to be better than people think. I'm getting texts that they're going to win three, four games. I... I would I would put money on that. I'd be more than welcome. What would you like? Lunch? Let's do it. They're going to win more than three games. I promise you that. And this head coaching staff with Vic Fangio and the leadership that he is bringing is nullifying all the bad that plagued them last year and the year prior. And look, I don't want to go back and beat a dead horse, but the scheming, the regime, the, just the communication between coaches and players was awful in the past two years. That's why Vance, Vance Joseph and that staff got fired. Everything that Vic Fangio and that's, this staff is bringing so far, at least what we've seen so far, is nullifying the bad of what plagued this team in the past two years. And I'm really excited. I'm really excited for it. Not so much on the offense, but more so the defense. I think there's a lot to like here with this Denver team. They, they had a very good offseason. I think they had a very good offseason, so much to the point where I could see them win 9-10 games. 9-10 games. I would not be surprised. I think any more than that's probably pushing it, but 9-10 games, it would not surprise me at all. Not at all. So again, big thanks to our friends over there at Tap14, and of course, go check out more info on the Broncos at MileHighSports.com. You can follow me on Twitter. At Ronnie K Radio, that's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. Always tweeting, uh, posting about the Broncos, whether it be discussions, opinions, player profiles, interviews, video, lots of good stuff on the Denver Broncos over there. And, of course, always at MileHighSports.com. MileHighSports.com. Thanks for listening, y'all. See ya.